we are, we are all going to be friends by the end of this. Or at least I hope so. So yeah. if you don't like us, that's totally cool. Just, you know, don't be dicks. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You'd be surprised. That's a random thing just no, no, to... I'm not saying any of these people are rude, but I've, I've met many rude no. people in my life. You know this, because you are one of them. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we're the Wall Press Podcast. We talk movies, uh, occasionally video games, not, not really so much. I've tried. Uh, we tried, we tried. Uh, we're working on that, but mostly, mostly movie-related stuff. And because Halloween season, we really wanted to talk about horror movies, and there's a lot of conversations about, you know, what defines a horror movie. So we thought, why don't we have that conversation for our first panel at uh, LA Comic Con, which is exciting because we've been going to this convention for the last couple of years. Uh, we have a lot of fun when we come. At least I do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Diego Crespo, and I guess I'm the editor-in-chief of the podcast, and the host for today, so I'm going to let the rest of the panel introduce themselves. My name is Nicholas Solero. I'm Gina Bursa. And then, so the big question is that what exactly defines a horror film? Uh, a lot of things can define it for other people, you know? Uh, it can either be uh, the greatest slasher film. Everybody always likes to say, what's the best? The best horror film, best of this. But the best is just really contradictory. When in reality, a horror film should just be what scares you. Um, Diego, what, what, what would you consider to be like the top three horror films in your head? It's interesting that you mentioned what scares you because my favorite horror movies aren't usually the ones that like scare me. I've been told by other friends and family that these scare them, but like Alien, if anyone who knows me in real life knows Alien is like my cinematic bible, all of them, even the bad ones. Uh, all the time. I, I got it. It's Alien 3. Alien's the best. Ask him about it after. Don't, because I won't. I'll annoy you, I'm sorry. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, which I really love. And uh, to throw way back, uh, Nosferatu. Uh, a lot of people know from that SpongeBob joke. It's a throwaway gag. Yeah, but uh, if you go back and watch that movie, the, the classic, it, it has some really striking, scary imagery. And so while the movies themselves might not be inherently like an assault in your senses, like something like uh, Hereditary. We all saw Hereditary this year. Did you guys see Hereditary? Okay. It's unsettling. Uh, very unsettling. And, and no one told me that going in. They were just like, oh, it's really scary. And then I came out like just changed man and depressed, and it was an awful call. I, I remember coming out of it just going like, why did I watch that? Just somebody, like, anybody hasn't seen the movie, yeah. I am sorry, because I'm about to ruin it. So, no, 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 no. Like, it. No, but I mean, in general, like, there's just a lot of things that happen in that movie that, you know, just kind of, why? There wasn't a lot of answers, question answers. No, no, it's a giant metaphor for like a family breaking apart. Yeah, sure, it's about that. And it's, I don't know. Okay, so again, this is just like what we like to do in this podcast, we like talk perspectives and like yes. how much of that might be intentional on the filmmaker's part, how much might just be reading on our own side of the film screen. But, uh, Nick, what about you? What, what do you think are some? Of the uh, you know what? I'm I'm classic horror. I, I would have to go with uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the original It. Uh, the original It made me so scared when I was a child that I couldn't use the shower or toilet without like somebody at the door. Which is also really funny because we, me and my brother, when we first watched it, we actually didn't know that it was two. It was two parts of a movie, and it was a VHS. So he put in part two before we saw part one. You had to figure it out. We were so confused. Yeah. Like they're like they're you old. It into yeah, I turned it into Memento, where it was like they're older and like they have all these like they're all afraid of this clown, and then they go kill like a giant like bug at the very end, and they're put in the second one, and they're all kids. And they're being tormented by this clown. I was like, I feel like we put this out of order. Um, but yeah, so uh, definitely Friday the 13th, the original It. And uh, I have to go with Halloween, the original. Uh, I love that one. Uh, Season of the Witch is also really good. Halloween 3. 
things. It's had a second life recently. Yes. Halloween 3. If, and nobody has seen Halloween 3. Originally, Halloween was supposed to be a uh, anthology. Where it was like little tiny movies that had nothing to do with Michael Myers. And Season of the Witch is where it gets bonkers. It just straight up masks are killing people. And, and I don't want to spoil that one. I, I don't want to spoil that one. How many of you have seen it? Just out of curiosity. Who has seen Season of the Witch? Not many. Go watch Season of the Witch, and if you think it's a Michael Myers movie, you're fucking wrong. He's he's like mentioned on the passing. It's it's in the back. It takes place in the Michael Myers universe, but not not really. It's it's a movie. Is a movie within a movie. It's a movie within a movie. It doesn't matter. But all I know is that go watch that movie. It's pretty fun. Just people heads exploding, and just like it's really convoluted for no apparent reason, and you're just like, oh, this is a horror film. <laughs> it's a satire on, on commercialism it is, in the franchise. It's, it's isn't it like, like it's a talk yeah. on like paganism? Like, so oh like, yeah, it's it's, so like, yeah. it's it's really it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, here, what, what, what else you got? Yeah. I, I already listed four. Okay, well don't listen to Gene. <laughs> Gene, yeah, please. So this is a it was a uh, interesting choice for me because I uh, I do short films. I've done like a lot of horror films. I've done a, a zombie film that was uh, featured on uh, uh, it was on this website called MTVU that just kind of went bottom up and uh, it used to be on. Excuse me, it got featured on AMCI. So if you want to check it out after, that'd be cool. It's called Dead Memories. Um, and I was trying to think of like movies that maybe inspired me just as a filmmaker. And first off, I'll go with Night of the Lonely Dead because that movie just redefined zombies and how pe- excuse me uh, characters perceive them. And it's a film that's you know you're scared of the the number of zombies that just keep going and they're so slow. And also the scary the scariest thing is just all the undertones in that film. Like it exploring race, um, say, it uh, covers like a lot of fear and paranoia and say, and uh, like, uh, racist behavior in America at the time, and I think you know it's even more relevant now. And, and that film, you know, it's been remade like two or three times, but it still holds up. And, the play? Oh, I've never seen the play. Oh yeah. So uh, if anyone's ever been to uh, downtown Fullerton, there's a they do it every year, right? Yes, yeah, the Magic Theater. Yeah, they do a live performance of Night of the Living Dead. It's actually pretty good. So if you ever find yourself out there on Halloween, it's worth it's, it's the show. Like Rocky Horror and then uh, Santa vs. the Aliens. Yeah. That sounds like a movie that was made for me. So now I got Santa Claus. And the last shot of that, um, Night of the Living Dead, is just so haunted. On team, it still freaks me out watching it. Um, the second one I picked was uh, the original Halloween. 
But, um... Oh, yeah. What was, uh, yeah, what was your first experience with Halloween? With Halloween, I actually remember watching it as a kid. Uh, my dad showed it to me because he thought it would be really funny to, like, show me. Like, yeah, it has a good sense of humor. And <laughs> just kind of go, like, oh, I wonder what, he, what he's going to do with, like, this, in which also couldn't sleep for, like, three weeks. So, ha, pranks on him. He had to stay up with me. So, really, who wanted that? So, uh, but no, I remember watching it and just being kind of horrified, you know, uh, being, uh, I, I was always alone with the babysitter, and, you know, it was always me and my brother, and stuff like that, and it, it's a real life thing of like, oh yeah, you're home alone with the babysitter, what happens if a serial killer just happens to go through your neighborhood and start murdering, you know, just starts murdering everybody, and starts attacking everything else, and that's what truly haunts you, because it's, it's real, and that's, a, and that's why I feel like, it could really, you know, I, I always went more towards because it happened or because it's real or anything like that, that is why it's more scary. You know, uh, it, like the horror movies like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it's based on uh, real events and stuff like that. You know, that for some reason, whenever that title card always goes on the front of the screen, it always makes the film a little scarier for me. Even though a lot of that stuff didn't actually happen, it's based off of like Ted Bundy and like, yeah, yeah, they take like ideas like, oh, well, this this person went to this town at this point in time. Well, it's, it's based on it. This murder is yeah. kind of similar to something that happened in real life, so it's based on it. Yeah, like, but it's uh, like not. Like, the, like has anybody right. ever seen The Strangers? Yeah, in the very beginning of that, it says that uh, it's based on true events. When they ask the director, what do you mean by, uh, like, what true events? Because we couldn't find it. He goes, oh, well, one day somebody knocked on my door and it was a group of uh, robbers. And then I came up with a story for strangers. <laughs> It's not, it's, it's, it had nothing to do with it, it was just robbers, but, um, but I, for some reason that little title card, it says it does so much to a horror film just because it, you feel like it can actually happen. Huh? The fourth kind. The fourth kind? Yeah. Something like that, where, uh, where like, it takes place in, the, in reality, you know? Uh, a monster is always cool, you know, like the thing or anything like that where it's space aliens, but I feel like, for me, the thing that's the scariest thing in the world is, you know, Real life serial killer or something like that. I can always kill you. Or the Blair Witch, where we all thought it happened. For some yeah, the Blair Witch, where everybody thought that it was. The Blair Witch is kind of like the original, like uh, creepy pasta. <laughs> yeah, really think about it. It's like it, it takes something that we we could perceive as like real. If you start looking into it, it's like okay, of course it's fake. These actors just are the same names. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. like, if if you're just like passing by, it gets. Like, have, how many of you like have? gone deep diving into creepypastas like at one in the morning when you're bored, right? It's like, you, you unsettle yourself a little Once bit. Once you watch one YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're oh, gonna fall that was dumb. And then like, you're up at like three in the morning and then you're like, what was that? <laughs> uh, that's actually what the new, or the original Halloween did for me. Not the first couple times I saw it, but I rewatched it because we also do this retrospective series where we have more time to talk about the history of certain franchises and for some reason we just keep doing franchises. Subscribe to the channel. Or maybe shouldn't be franchises, but I rewatched the original Halloween recently, and while I've always loved it, it never like scared me. But this last time, uh, it, it really got under my skin, and I think that's because not because it feels real so much. It, it does. It's just like there's a tangibility to it that's not there for a lot of other slashers that followed. But I think everyone can relate to the feeling that that movie gives. That you're not just walking home alone. Like there's someone right behind you, or maybe there's someone around the corner, or maybe someone's in your house and you don't know it and there's no way for you to know until it's too late, and I think that's what draws me to horror more than anything, yeah. you know? Like, I brought Nosferatu, one of my favorites, and that's, it's, it's free on YouTube, you can buy it, but it's free on YouTube if you want to check well, it out. I think the, uh, the license, like any licensing for that is 
Yeah, they, it's, it's just up in the air, right? Free, yeah. Um, and there's it's images in that movie that uh, where it's just Count Orlog, like way off in the distance, like a little lit by a little bit of candlelight, and this dude's just looking out of his room, and it's just him standing there. And it's kind of like that thing you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the fridge and get some food, maybe. And then like, like if I turn the light on, maybe there's something there. But if you're home alone, scared, and that uh, that's that's what stages me the most out of all of that. Yeah. yeah. The uh, which the only reason I, I mainly picked it was because it was something that was it was so tangible. You know, it was a it was a clown, something that's supposed to be. You know, Are you afraid of clowns? I'm actually not afraid of clowns. Yeah. I'm really not. Mind. I'm really not afraid not? of clowns. Why would you be afraid of clowns? They're so much fun. Uh, show of hands, you're scared of clowns. Like, who, who thinks they're gross and ugly? And like, two people, people in the two audience. People. Yeah. Three. I know most of you are. I feel it. Don't lie to me. <laughs> they're, they're, they don't want to admit it. But. No, but, but honestly, it, I mean, Tim Curry does an amazing job in the original. It. He does a fantastic job. He sells Pennywise. Um, and that, and honestly, in the new 2018, I think I was a little disappointed because he wasn't as fun. You know, Pennywise was hilarious. Like, you felt... When Tim Curry was doing his was doing his performance, you wanted to laugh at a lot of stuff that he was doing. You know, um, a lot of the pranks he was playing on the kids. You can kind of see why a kid would go with him and stuff like that. And the new one, uh, they 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 got his menacing right, but the only problem is that I would never imagine a kid would go like, I'm gonna go with that guy because he sounds trusted. Right. I, I guess it, it needed to be like a mom. Like sweet side and then, yeah, and then he has like a switch, but yeah, I really liked there. Pennywise because Pennywise seemed fun and he seemed like a friendly clown that I mean that you would just kind of go with. And then all of a sudden he just bites your arm off and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's another thing in the in the new it, I really I like that just because the minute they show that they bit a kid's arm off and he die and he dies screaming, oh my Alright, this is how the movie goes. That's, that's what kind of got me into it. I was like, oh, alright, I'm not going to be scared. This is the kind of movie we're going for, right? Yeah, we're going to watch children die. It's going to be fun. And, but, uh, but, but, uh, but the thing is that coming out of the sewer drain, you know, uh, you when before then, you don't realize how many things are connected to the sewer. You, know, you, you, you look at your sink and it's not threatening to you, but then you see him coming out and bothering you. You know, you see like the little tiny, uh, what's it called, uh, rain runoff things in the street, and you and you become afraid of it. You know, it, it becomes something that triggers a, an irrational fear, an absolute irrational fear. But you know, it's something that really that's something that shouldn't be afraid. You shouldn't be afraid of. You shouldn't be scared of. And it triggers that for you. And I think that's what you know made that movie so cool. Yeah. And my sink is terrifying because I need to uh, clean it. <laughs> but uh, that's on Kyle. That's just that's yeah, that's not, that's just um, last film. I was going to go with um, a secret here. One film I haven't seen until two years ago, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We saw it at uh, yeah, the original. Not the original. It was, it was a bold shot. It was last year. On the show. Still Cooper just passed away last year. Yeah. We saw that at uh, Beyond Fest, which is a great film festival in LA, that uh, run by some pretty good people. But they were doing a revival, and it was uh, it was cool to see it on the big screen. The just everything about that film is either just you just feel tired, or you just feel like scared watching it. Like you could feel the heat. Just reading off that, reading off that film, the Texas, the Texas uh, weather, it's just everything's hot there, and um, you know, Leatherface, you know, just it feels, it feels real that this actually happened. It's sort of almost like Blair Witch in a way. I mean, actually, yeah, I think that's a good like evolution of that. Like, yeah. it's a, it's a really relentless movie. It yeah. just doesn't stop attacking you. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre has like virtually no blood. Like, there's a little bit here and there, but it's not like a gory movie. It's just all like 
what you, what you hear and what you see. You see quick flashes of like a chainsaw, someone reacting, but you never see like chainsaw like whirl around in someone's guts for too long. Remember like one shot that I'm forgetting about and someone's gonna be like, oh, in the comments actually. <laughs> well, actually. I'm pretty sure there's a scene where he like puts somebody on a hook. Yeah, but you uh, don't yeah. see the hook like pierce through him. Yeah. Like in the remake, you see it's just like blood yeah. everywhere. And it's like, you know, I like my gore stuff too, but that's not sticking with me the same way the first one was because of the sounds, you know? The, the audio goes a long way for that stuff. Let me throw a question back at you. I know you're supposed to be pondering. Right, um, but what was the uh, first time you remember being scared from a movie, like really terrified? Because I, I can tell you mine. Yeah, so you're. It's not even a horror film. Um, the Wizard of Oz. Just the uh, the witch, the flying monkey, is just terrified me. No, it was um actually it was like Oz, and that's the whole I guess irony. It's the guy. Was a guy behind a curtain, but he's eventually played by James Franco. Oh, that's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. 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 The Green Goblin. Yeah, it's the Green Goblin. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like booming voice, and uh, yeah, I think I fit under a table or something. Did you hit under a table? Yeah, it was terrifying. Monkeys. What about you, Nick? Uh, you know what? The funny thing is that uh, my parents are really into horror films and stuff like that. So at a young age, like five or six, I was really used to like horror films. I, I would watch them in the middle of the night with my brother. And we would think that they were so fun, like we do marathons of horror films. So I'm kind of like messed up in general. So it's kind of hard to gauge on what exactly like scares me. But uh, I would have to say it, the, that is like the first one where I was legitimately like, that's that's terrifying, and it, it really did like frighten me and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I think that's the first time I was ever like afraid of a movie. No movies ever scared me since. You're lucky. Uh, I don't know. The first time I was ever scared was like, like maybe Alice in Wonderland. The, the queen wanting to chop off Alice's head like really stuck with me for some yeah. reason. I I couldn't tell you why. And like I I, I, I can't reaction to that now. But the end sequence of her running away from the guards and stuff that it just like broke me as a child. Like I couldn't watch that for years. Um, actually. The funny thing is that uh, the one movie that actually kind of tripped me out, in which I remember having a bad dream about, was Saw. Saw, I remember actually having like a really like kind of like a traumatic like dream, because the idea of you going to sleep and you waking up inside of like this horrific bathroom and you have to do like these like tests to like prove that you're a good person. I don't know why. Just like freaking out. Are you like a bad person? Not that I'm a bad person or anything like that, but I mean, like, it's not. I know about you. <laughs> no, but I, but I think I, I do think that, like, that, that, that feeling of somebody is 10 steps ahead of you and you don't know what game you're playing. And that's the, it's, such a, it's such an eerie thing and it's so terrifying. You know, because some, somebody obviously knows you better than you know yourself. And everything like that. And they're, they're planning for you to make a specific decision and they know you're. And that's why I really enjoyed the Saw movies, one, like, one to three. Once you start getting to, like, four, <laughs> like, so Some of them have moments. I'll, I'll go to bed for some of the Saw sequels, but I'm, I'm basically right. there. Jigsaw was all right. Jigsaw's terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I not like that movie. I think <laughs> um, we, we didn't really talk about this before the show, but, like, I kind of lead into this conversation now. But, like, I like when some horror movies, you don't know how intense they're going to be or how weird they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why I think Halloween 3 rules. I'm like, Probably keep bringing that up keep this I'm this episode, uh, but uh, it's there's like the mystery. You know who's going to be the villain and stuff, but it's just how weird that gets and how like uh, blunt it is about its like criticism of like commercialism and capitalism is like amazing to me. 
But uh, like Cabin in the Woods, you know, like if you didn't see any trailers to it, it's like, what's this movie, Cabin in the Woods? Your mind knows what that is, but if you go into it and you're like, oh, it's a movie about some teams going to the woods and they're gonna get all slashered up, whatever. And then like halfway through, you're, you're like, or no, from the, from the get go, huh? That yeah. movie opens up with like, oh yeah, this isn't the movie you think it's gonna be. Yeah. And it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. I like horror movies like that, you know. Like we don't see too many of those. It's hard to market those. Yeah. The uh, the other movie which I really think that I really like about uh, that I really like is I don't know if anybody's ever seen Final Girl. Has anybody seen Final Girl? Sorry. Final Girl is a movie all about uh, a bunch of teens who get thrown into a slasher movie, and it's like a Jason Voorhees like Friday the Thirteenth esque movie. And the problem is that they know what's going to happen, so they have to actually play up the movie. And uh, they know that the the last the, the final girl is the one that gets all the powers. So she. So not until everybody's dead does she get like all the superpowers to actually beat the uh, the, the villain. Someone's a Buffy fan. Yeah, it's it, it, it's like, really. If you don't notice, he's a cousin of Spike. But no, but, it, but it's a really good movie because they actually go through all the tropes and everything like that, and then you know there's a little twist at the end, and I, I remember watching the twist and I was like, uh, it's a twist all the way too. I liked it, but yeah, it was really cool. So, is their brother and sister. No, no, not at all. That, wow, actually, no, that's, yeah, that's, I, that's I didn't know. No, that's not, that's not the twist. Oh, okay. There's another twist. I don't like that twist. So much. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, would, that would be a really good twist, though. I don't know. I, I don't even think Don like that twist. Yeah, watch the movie. <laughs> Does anyone know the history of Halloween 2? Like the original Halloween 2? Okay, so. Know the history of Halloween. Who wants to know the history of Halloween 2? No, I'll move on. But Okay, there's a couple of hands. I'm going to go yeah, why not? Do it. Alright, so after Halloween was huge hit, and we all talked about it, that uh, Halloween was meant to be an anthology series, like American Horror Story or something that's actually scary, but like, uh, they wanted, the producers wanted Michael Myers, so like, hey, that's our selling point, that's the face of our franchise. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, legendary producer, uh, were like, well, we don't want to do that. And so they almost sued Carpenter and Deborah Hill, but uh, they, they spoke with Carpenter, like, alright, look, I want to make this movie The Fall, how do we get out of this lawsuit? Come back and write Halloween 2 for us and produce it, and then we'll do your anthology series. Like, alright, whatever. And so, this was a legend, this has just been confirmed like a couple years ago, I think, that John Carpenter got a six pack of beer, a typewriter, pumped out the script in one night, and when he's like, at like one in the morning or whatever, like two in the morning, he's like basically on his last legs. He's like, I need to get Loomis to the hospital where Michael's chasing Lori, I need Lori to have a conversation with Michael. What, what, what's the purpose behind this? Uh, he needs motivation. He's a brother and sister. All right, that works. But then we also had to kill Michael Myers to confirm that there would be no more Halloween sequels. So he's like, all right, making him uh, uh, Laurie's brother means that his only motivation is to go after her. So once that's settled, he will have no motivation whatsoever. They can't make any more sequels after that, otherwise that'd be ridiculous. And to make sure of that, I'm going to shoot him in the eyes twice and then blow up him and Loomis. Done. Now I can rest easy knowing Michael Myers is dead. Twelve sequels later, that would not be the case. But uh, they tried really, really hard, and it's it's like my favorite story to tell to people who don't know that. I love how uh, I love how Carpenter is such a like intellect mastermind, but at the same time, there's like a, it's like yeah, I need to write this movie. Let me get a six pack. And just, well, he didn't. He didn't want it. He was yeah, avoiding he a lawsuit. So, uh, right. Stephen King does the same thing. Yeah. He, I think he like smoked like three joints, like, <laughs> got like a six pack, and just like wrote like a bunch of movies. Yeah, you probably so, yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah, you know, I was kind of holding off on that, but anybody, what, what, what defines horror for you guys? Like, we could, we have four mics, right? Yeah, we do. We have five minutes. Uh, anybody um, who wants to come up with a, a horror movie that you think defines the horror movie experience? Otherwise, I'm going to have to go up to one of you. And okay. I don't want to leave this seat. Okay. Please don't leave this seat. Like, hey. I can. Uh, what was that? Is it The Shining? The Shining? The Shining? Okay, okay. I, I, you know Gene. What? Well, I want to give Gene, because Gene is the okay. biggest Shining fan. the biggest Kubrick fan? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what, what defines like horror in that movie for you? What, what do you think is so unsettling about it? For me, it was the music. Honestly, that, the music made that movie. It was the visuals, too. Like, the depth of the down the hallways, like, all of it. But I thought that the music was the best part of that movie. It really set the creepiness. You know what? I, I was talking I was talking to, uh, Sean, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day about it, because we went to go see Halloween uh, 2018, about a week ago. And there... It was so funny, because in the middle of the movie theater, I started laughing the minute that Michael Myers was just walking down the street. And, like, they're looking for him in the car. And then she goes, "What's what, you, what is so funny? And I'm like, if you change out that music with just like Michael Myers, like with a kid's voice, just going, whoa, 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 it is the funniest goddamn thing in the world. Well, just like Michael Myers walking down the street, whoa, 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 whoa. And just like, horror, horror movies are nothing without their scores. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Jaws, uh, which are Halloween, which are Chainsaw Massacre, even Saw. If you do not have a score inside of those any of those movies, they are not terrifying. Yeah. The thing that terrifies you the most is the music. I mean, in Jaws, you barely see the damn shark, but you hear the but you hear the music all the whole time, and that's what makes it truly scary. Is because you don't actually get to see it, and that's what I really liked about like you know The Shining and different stuff like that is that they actually have such iconic music that just really resonates with you. If even if somebody were just to turn on the shining music and like you're walking into a dark room, you're creeped out. Like you're immediately creeped out and it leads you to your own imagination because the thing that's the scariest is what you imagine. Right. If they, the, the scariest ho uh, horror films are the horror films that show you little to nothing. If they show you, I mean they show you like a little bit at the end where they go like, oh yeah, the guy died. So just that way that's continuity of going like, yeah, that guy's dead. But the fact that there's like, oh yeah, there's a lot of like, um, what what could you what could you have done? You know, right. imagine your imagination would lead way to a lot cooler things than anything they could have written. Yeah, and um, I, don't quote me on this, but I believe his daughter did the music for The Shining, Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. I believe so, because I know she did the music for Full Metal Jacket, and I want to say she did it for. That's cool. Did she Shining. also do the music for the for the Moonlighting as well? I <laughs> know. Um, but really quick, um, quick audience, have uh, you guys seen Room 238? It's a documentary on The Shining on Netflix. It's a, I really don't like that movie. It's, well, it's a really great documentary, but it's, um, it's going to add the, for The Shining, what's also scary about it is uh, the fact that it could be, some people claim that it's a, it's an allegory for other, like there's a lot of theories that it's, a, it's secretly about the moon landing, that he faked it, or... It's um. He's trying to put signs of the moon landing. Right. The or the um, it's it's um it's a film about uh, the Trail of Tears um, from all the throwaway lines about um, the na like Native American land in the film. So that's also what I think The Shining. Why it's also scary is just thinking about what it secretly could have be about. Because the great thing about Kubrick is his films are very clear and concise that you could figure them out. He presents it. But also, it feels sometimes like there's almost like a, a screen behind the screen where there's another film there somewhere. Like if you watch uh, Eyes Wide Shut or 
if you watch, um, excuse me, a Full Metal Jacket or something, or 2001, there's almost another film behind it. Yeah, the, um, the, another movie that has a really great score that shows you little to nothing is uh, Psycho. Psycho is, a, is one of the like quintessential horror films that if anybody has ever like gone, like, have you seen? Which I'll like name a horror film, immediately everybody goes Psycho. You know, you just think of the music. Huh? If you just you just also think of the music. Yeah, you just think of the music. You know, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Hitchcock. Why can I not think of his name right now? Uh, Albert Hitchcock. He, he, he made a couple movies. Yeah. yeah, he only did a couple, right? Yeah. Uh, nothing too big. Nothing too big. But uh, Alfred Hitchcock did an amazing job with Psycho. You know, uh, he knew where he was about, where he uh, couldn't go, and where he could go. In which actually really funny. Uh, while he was making Psycho, he actually because the book had just come out, not a lot of people had read it. He had actually told uh, one of his, like, four of his assistants, he gave him, like, a grand. And he told him to go to every single bookstore inside of the Los Angeles area and buy their, a copy of Psycho. Like, buy all the copies of Psycho they could possibly get their hands on. And the main reason being is because when people went in to go see the movie, he didn't want anybody to know the ending. And he didn't want anybody to know what Psycho was about. So he bought all of the books in all of, in all of like, Los Angeles County. So that way, when they were going into the screen, nobody would know anything about the book, about the movie, and it would, it would just go in fresh, which I thought was really fun. That's just a really fun story. I mean, yeah. it, to be fair, like, for its time, Psycho was kind of risque. Yes. I mean, like, it, was. it was like a shot of Janet Lee's belly button, and back then I was like, whoa! I was like, wow! Yeah, the, blood, the, the blood as well. That's the whole reason why they use uh, chocolate syrup inside <laughs> of uh, Psycho. Looks better. Okay. Yeah, it looks, it looks a lot better in black and white, but, uh, like, yeah, chocolate syrup. Like yeah, because it looks like blood. Yeah, it looks like blood. Like chocolate. Yeah, otherwise it wouldn't look like chocolate, but you know, if you could technically lick that, it would be fine. Yes. Yeah, Walking chocolate, it would be not that way. I can't tell you, I don't really know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, anything, anything else? Any, anything other, anything else? any other questions so, real quick? Uh, what, what do you think the fine children? Yeah. The Exorcist. Yeah. The Exorcist. How, how have we not mentioned The Exorcist? That's a great one. The Exorcist is a great movie just because of the fact of that, that actually... Uh, supposedly, that actually did happen. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's based so, on some it, recorded exorcism. It, it is based on, on a recorded exorcism, which I think that's what's making The Conjuring so, so scary now. Those, yeah. Because it, it has the same vibe as The Exorcist. And The Exorcist has uh, uh, some, of the, some great makeup, and it also has some great special effects for people. I was also going to add for uh, The Exorcist is the uh, kind of the fact for The Exorcist, I don't know if anyone's like Catholic, is that. A lot of these, a lot of these, um, for ex the exorcist, the film is kind of backed up by a lot of uh, Catholic teachings, where there's just they acknowledge exorcisms, and there's a, like official documents or something, yeah. what to do if there's an exorcism. They have a priest, and it kind of like almost uh, refutes the story to make it uh, believable as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know the you know the teachings are also you know Saint God, but then there's also like random uh, passages about. Demons, Jesus encounters. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that's where I go back to like the Conjuring and stuff like that because there actually is like uh, there actually is like rec recorded events of like the Warrens and uh, which are the what is it the Perry family? I think it is. I have no idea. Yeah, it's like the Perry family, and then they also have the uh, the actually, one, right? Yeah. No, no, no. no the Perry himself. family is the original Conjuring. That's the one where they have the Brunchka. Um, oh, okay. That's like the the witch that. Killed her yeah, kids yeah. and stuff like that, and then in the other, in the second one, there's an actual like video of um, the old man that's like uh, possessing the little girl. There's like there's actual. Tom yeah, but there's uh, it, it, the BBC actually have like a, a full-on documentary about like 
uh, an old man possessing this like little girl for, and that was in The Conjuring too. And it's Something important like to note that basically every story that the Warrens are going to adapt to film has been debunked. I feel like it's important to note like, every single one of them. There's Not all of them. A lot of them. The Warrens have basically been proven to be frauds. And I think that's an interesting discussion to have actually too, that like when it's based on reality and then even it's proven to not be reality, like it can still be scary. Because I do think those movies are scary and I'm actually a big fan. I'm not trying to knock them down. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually like movies on here. But, um, and then there's also the whole thing about The Exorcist, about uh, William Friedkin has gone on record saying like, he doesn't believe he made a horror movie. He made uh, like a, spiritual, yeah. he made a spiritual drama. And it's like, oh, she, she could have fooled me. Yeah, so, um, kind of what I liked about uh, Hereditary, where the first, I'm not going to spoil the movie, but the first almost like uh, two-thirds of the movie is like a drama, essentially. And for The Exorcist as well, it makes you care about the family, where you have some stakes watching this because you want them to be okay. Yeah, yeah I mean... It, it's uh, nice to care about people. And yeah, it's nice to have empathy. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it, it, it really does, it's really important that you, get, that you really care about the, uh, the people that are being haunted or, you know, sought after to be murdered and stuff like that. I mean, some of the greatest character development it would have to be, like, for Ripley. Yeah. For, for Alien, you know, you really care whether or not she gets off that... Uh, Ship. And you also really hope that she get, takes her cat too. I mean, yeah, I mean, some people give her give her crap for that, but uh, hey, look at what happens in Alien. I feel bad for my dog. Yeah, and not only like just because we were, were pet people, Gene, you and I, yeah. but like she's lost everyone else that we've come to know in that ship throughout the course of the movie. Of course, she's gonna go back to the last thing Which that she cares about, you know. Of her going back for the cat. Yeah, yeah. God, so you guys would let xenomorph get you for your cat? I wouldn't leave my cat. If it was near the cat, and there was absolutely no way for me to go get my cat, I would be sad about it. Yeah. But then in the moment, I'd have to think. See, she had, you know, she had like three minutes. Like, see, you know what the sad, you know what the sad part is? I, I feel like you guys would die in that situation, but because I would leave you, I definitely would die. Yeah. That, that's just the way that's that horror movies work. Because I'm selfish, yeah. and I didn't want to save anybody. I know for a fact that that's how it works. That I would have died. And just to take away from the cat. Tangents about the Alien franchise and how amazing it is. Uh, in that, thank you. Um, that movie's like the definition of cosmic horror. Like we kind of expanded the roots of like the xenomorph mythology and like the engineers and stuff like that. And like take it or leave it. I'm a fan. I, I get people not liking me. It's fine. Um, but the whole like absurdity of the franchise is that it's like very Lovecraftian in its roots. That these people don't deserve what's happening to them. Like even like the worst of the worst people in Alien Three, like convicts, there's people that have been discarded by society, rightfully so, probably, because they're awful, awful murderers and, like, awful things. Um, what's happening with the aliens, like, outbreaks, like, the people that come across it, like, aliens, obviously, uh, families die, and it's just, like, it's random. There's there's no, like, uh, methodology to an evil like that, and I think that's why a lot of people are drawn to Halloween and ultimately the rest of the slasher genre, too, in that what's happening is people... Like, there's probably a mathematical equation to these scripts by this point. Oh, Especially for, like, Friday the 13th, where it's like, they had sex. Dead. In Halloween, you know, like, the point of the, the characters, like, hooking up and stuff and, like, smoking weed, like, they're not, like, doomed to death because of that. They're doomed to death because Michael Myers ran across them. They did nothing wrong. They're just being normal people. Yeah, they're just living their lives. And that's, I think, what's really horrifying. Well, yeah, them. because I, I think even in Scream, they really break it down. They go, like, oh, yeah, you had sex? Dead. You say, oh, what was it? Um, I'll be right back. Dead. You know, there was like specific laws to a horror film in which I actually really like Scream. Uh, 
just because of the idea of after they've kind of announced that, yeah, there is a law to you know, a horror film and how exactly a horror film you know, goes about itself. A lot of horror films just kind of stopped doing it for a little while. Like They were like, okay, like people know what the tropes are and everything else. We probably need to stop doing it then. And a lot of horror films just kind of scattered from that little, uh, like that little realm of anything else. I mean, to be totally honest, my, one of my favorite Freddy Krueger movies is Freddy Krueger's Final Nightmare. I mean, uh, Wes Craven's Last Nightmare. New Nightmare. New Nightmare. There it is. Why can I not think about that? Right I have no <laughs> there's, idea. There's Final Nightmare. There is so the many. One. Dream Warriors, Final Nightmare, whatever. And I like that one where it's a, um, what was it? It's Freddy Krueger, which on Friday the 13th. Oh my God. There's too many. <laughs> the Nightmare on Elm Street is a movie right? that they're making, and Freddy Krueger is alive in the real world. I think that was an interesting concept. It's like the screen before screen. Yeah, it was yeah. before Scream, and it was a it was a great idea, you know. Of uh, was it like these people are just working on Freddy Krueger on a Freddy Krueger movie, and then Freddy Krueger didn't like that, so he started murdering them all. That's a, that's an interesting concept. Um, Sorry, else? I drink water. <laughs> I'm a bad host now. <laughs> uh, anybody else have anything that like really gets to the root of horror for them? Like, what do you think? What's the funny experience? Yeah. The Holly. The Holly. I'm oh, the Joe Dante movie. I'm sorry. The Joe Dante movie. The Howling? Yeah. Yes. That, that, sorry. There's something about werewolves that just kind of freaked me out. They just like carry them, just like ferocious. And um, I love that ending for The Howling as well. And the fact that. Please don't spoil it for me. I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When did it come out again? It came out um, 80s. I want to say it's 85. You can spoil it. I, I, it's on me. But, but, so, but what do you like? Uh, what about like werewolves? Excuse you. Well, in that particular movie, I like the scene where they're in the theater, and you can't believe really you only see shadows of their transformation, mm -hmm. and you don't know what is going to come. Yeah. yeah. And like I was saying before, you know, the the fact that the the unknown and showing and not showing you is actually the scariest thing of all because you have your own imagination of what this transformation looks like. You know, you hear like bones cracking and like him metamorphosizing into like this werewolf, into this beast. And you have no idea what he's going to turn into, but also you don't know, like you, you can hear these noises and you just, like it, it brings a cringe to yourself because you can imagine what it must feel like and what exactly it looks like. And I think that makes it a lot worse. You know, a lot of times when they show it to you, it kind of, it's kind of lame. Like, you know, it's like, like oh yeah, you just kind of transformed and everything like that. Uh, just, I mean, it has no, like, it's not connected to, but if anybody's ever seen uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the, oh, when he, turn, when he turns into, not it's not very good, but she also... It's a better movie, like American Werewolf. Okay, American one Werewolf, one. doesn't matter. Either one. Uh, the the you know what? Not the, not the movie. great uh, werewolf oh. transformation. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That oh, does. That's, that's, a, that's a dark movie. It yes. is. It's my favorite of the Harry Potter ones. But yeah. that, that transformation is like unnerving for a yeah. child to watch. Yeah. But, but not only that, but also uh, like a beast movie like that of a person turning into it. Like uh, if you think of a fly. Even, uh, the Cronenberg fly. Huh? The Cronenberg fly. Yeah, the Cronenberg fly. Both flies are, are disturbing they're, as hell. They're, they're, both really, like, okay. yeah, they're, they're, they're both really good. Um, what was it? Like the, the idea of like turning into something, you know, being normal and then being turned into something demonic and just like evil and stuff body like that. Horror, yeah. yeah, you know, it, body horror. I mean, that's, that's also like amazing. I, I really enjoy that kind of stuff too. Um, I know some people like they gag at it and they get like really grossed out by like body horror because like they see like people like turning into something totally different and everything else. But uh, I really enjoy it. Like that's that's the one like subgenre of horror I can kind of get people being like, 
that's not for me. <laughs> I mean, David Cronenberg made the whole career off it. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's it, he still kind of plays with that, even though they're not straight up horror movies. Yeah. He's kind of interested in how like people change given their surroundings and circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy um, was it Hollow Man, the the remake of Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. I've never seen it. It's well, kind of making it all. Oh, no, I'm thinking Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody's ever seen Hollow Man, Hollow Man is all about like this. Uh, was it? It's an experimentation in order to turn a man invisible for the government. So is that the Joel Schumacher one? I don't. I don't know. Uh, what did he shoot? I don't know. Huh? Yes, it was the shoe. Yeah, 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 yeah and then, but it's really interesting because uh, Kevin Bacon's like character, he's actually like kind of a good guy, and he's. Uh, which he's not. I mean, he's not like the best guy. But I mean, he's not like a. But once he turns into this invisible man and he gets all these powers where he can just kind of do whatever he wants, he then takes advantage of it. He starts like murdering people. He starts committing uh, like murdering people. That's one. That's Paul, Paul Verhoeven directs it. Verhoeven. Oh, okay. Hey, look at that Google. All right, so it's a masterpiece. Got it. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, it's it's a, I knew it was Paul Verhoeven, but I mean. So I'm checking out Hollow Man and the Howling. Hall of, uh, what was it? That's what Scary Movie 2 makes fun of. Like when they're downstairs shooting like little blasters, they're making fun of Hollow Man. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to watch that movie again. So. Scary Movie 2? Yeah, you don't need to, but I'm just letting you know that's what they're making fun of. Okay. Uh, I want to move this conversation over because we're kind of running out of time anyways, but um, horror movies that for sure are not like scary. I really love this movie called Near Dark. It is very hard to come by nowadays. It's Catherine Bigelow's directorial debut. You're on fire, man. I You're just getting heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry. No, he's no, he enjoyed us. Uh, he's, he's, yes. not, he's, yes. he's the guy that's like, oh, I saw it! I saw it! Oh, good, good. We're it's good movie. It. It, it needs to be put back in print, like, for everyone, because uh, yeah. it's a it's a vampire western. It's so a best Bill like, Paxton. It's a yeah, romance. Bill Paxton. It's a crime drama. It's it's, it's so many things. And um, at no point is that in that movie is it, like, scary. I've never met someone who's like, oh, that was scary. You know, like... Well, Paxton's crazy in it, uh, R.I.P., but um, there's, there's no point in that movie scary, but it's still exploring, like, horror themes along with, like, the yeah. romance stuff and the Western stuff and, like, a real sense of isolation, like, what it means to live forever as a vampire. And I think we're kind of seeing more of that nowadays with horror, where we're exploring, like, what it means to, to be part of this. Like, the new Halloween explored that with no spoilers because it's really a new movie, but, like, it's more so um, less about what Michael Myers is than what... He means for the people, and people trying to like understand him. Now, at the end of the day, maybe Michael Myers was a human at some point. That is not the case anymore. That that is a, a broken demonic shell, like a, a force of nature just plowing through everything. And because we can hold back a force of nature like that for forty years, it's going to be bad. But the, the most interesting of the movie isn't scarce to me. Yeah. It's what it means to this family, what it means to these people in this town. You know, and then they come across Michael Myers, and it doesn't doesn't go so good. Yeah, I mean, uh, movies that aren't like very scary would be like the Final Destination movies. Like, uh, like they're they're a weird subgenre of the of the of the horror franchise, where at a certain point you just hate everybody and you just want everybody to die anyway. Like all of the characters are never redeeming. None of them are nice people. They, which are they, you know, maybe they should have just died on the roller coaster. You like, know? like I kind of, I have a soft spot for movies like that too. You know, but like you can only do so many. Like, you can only do so many, and then eventually, and at a certain point, you're like, oh man, I can't wait until this guy dies. Like when he dies, I hope it's really interesting because like I want it to be like a slow death too. Like I go, I go through those movies now just to see how people, how creative they can get with the deaths. Like, honestly, I think that's what Suicide Squad should do. <laughs> like because I, I know wait, that like movie's the pretty movie? Yeah. 
Because those are just awful, awful people. So like us. So they try to make them like this family at the end. It's like, you're, none of these people actually like each other. Yeah. So the next one should just be a horror movie. They're stuck in like Arkham or something. And it was like a zombie outbreak. I don't know. Comments or Maybe you're you can do it every way. Yeah, whatever. But yeah. just like, just go hard hitting with like the, the horror stuff, you know? Make them come across like some like weird elder god thing or something. Yeah. And then just like kill them in awful. Terrible ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Why don't you put it like a saw situation? That'd be great. Well, I still want them to, to like fight to break out of it, and all these things are gonna get out, and then they then they don't, and they yeah, die. That'd be that would be pretty awesome. What movie? Sorry, what, what, what horror what horror movie would you think is like not frightening? Not frightening. Yeah. But like you still really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Really well, at least find something interesting. Because I think Near Dark's a lot better than Final Destination. <laughs> any of them. Final Destination, if you go on a marathon of them, pretty damn entertaining. Sure, with the, with the right mindset, right crowd. Yeah, it's, pop, it's a popcorn movie where you can watch a bunch of people die for no fucking reason. Yeah. It's a good movie. I'll go with the, probably The Thing, where it's not, it's not like Freddy, yeah. but it creeps me out. The Thing? Yeah, The Thing. It's not scary, scary. It's just, just kind of creepy. And it's, and it's just like the gross movie ever made. Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, what's so interesting about The, the Thing, movie. too, is that um, every time you see The Thing, it's a different shape, so you never have context for like what it is. And... None of this stuff was like on Earth at the time because, like, when it gets to the dog, you know, and the, you see its full transformation for the first time, those weird shapes and designs aren't on Earth, you know? Maybe yeah. like on our full Very little like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not uh, understandable to like human perception, and you you never see like a, a final version of it. We see like the dog man thing at the end, but you know that's it would have been different if we saw another time after that, another yeah. time after that, you know, and that. So it's some booted bullshit. Yeah, but for, for for me because I don't you don't know it's like form. I felt like that was what's scary about that movie is because you, you there's no confirmed because uh, in every single movie you always have like that's the bad guy that's 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 who uh, which uh, the, the hero has to fight in order to like finish everything off. And I think thing, the thing has like such a great idea of like you don't know who it is you're, you're you have mistrust on everybody. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if you watch like show people nowadays I've shown it to people uh, recently. And they're like, oh, well, Kurt Russell's the hero, right? Because like, <laughs> the thing just entered our popular yeah. lexicon for like forever, rightfully so. And then um, there's the point where the, char- the other characters think, oh, Kurt Russell's infected now. And so my friends that I watched it with were like, oh, he's a thing now? And I was like, I, I'm not gonna, I can't say anything. <laughs> the movie's still going on. But the fact that it could take people on that journey even still is a testament to like how well that thing's made. The fact yeah. that it can still trick people into thinking, like, oh, maybe he's a thing, maybe he's a thing. And for a while, I actually thought you could point out when people get infected. Okay. You, you can only do that for a couple of people, but it's not yeah, like it's, it's pretty um, difficult. Who's, yeah. who's, the, who's the final person with him? I told you. Keith David. Keith David. Yeah, Keith David. Uh, Charles. Yeah, because I, I know that there's a theory that Keith David is actually the final thing. Where he's the... That's, uh, yeah. Kurt Russell could also be it. We don't see him walk to the that place where he rests. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things of like... It's open to it's all like that's and I really like that movie too. I like horror films that leave like a lot to interpretation as well. Like they don't. Even and also has them. like it has an optimistic ending because yeah, they save the planet, you know. But they're gonna but, die. Uh, they're gonna die. And not only that, just in case one of them is infected or has a possibility of being infected, they have to blow themselves up after they finish that wine. Yeah. You know that. Right? And the scariest thing they ran out of alcohol. Yeah, that. Oh, that was the worst nightmare. thing that they possibly could have done. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not <laughs> not not the horrible horrible like aliens that they just fought. I don't know. Man. You guys are priorities fucked up. I'm just saying. With with beer, anything's possible. <laughs> uh, any other last last minute like ideas for horror films that you, you guys think are like genre defining? Yeah, something that like really 
really brings out uh, why you love horror in it. I saw that for the first time this year. That movie's crazy good. Stan Winston was like a legend, and I wish he made more movies. Uh, have you guys seen Pumpkinhead? I actually haven't. I haven't seen Pumpkinhead. It's a revenge fantasy movie where the monster is fueled by a man's perhaps rightful vengeance. Uh, but then he realizes it goes too far, and also the guy is Lance Henriksen, Bishop from Aliens, who is amazing, and God bless him because he's, he's the best. Uh, did you still want to do Pitch a Movie? We have no time. You have like three minutes left. Do you want to just do it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, right. so right. we do this segment called Pitch a Movie, where uh, usually we have a guest on when we yeah. give them like little some, notes for yeah. uh, a movie that we're going to pitch. We have to string together some plot synopsis, three of us, right? We go one, two, three, we come together with something. So if any, you guys have any ideas for horror so movies? We will take three. Who has three ideas? Now, mind you, whatever you give us, has to be in the movie, even if it's like the most, even if it's the weirdest thing in the world. Uh, what was it? When we did we, just, him, yeah, yeah, when did we have uh, some, one of the guests said, oh, Adam Sandler has to be the main character inside of your horror film. And I was like, was why? Was why would you do that to us? So we just killed him off for five seconds. So you can give us like a, a property you want us to reboot, uh, something you want us to remake. And anything, anything's up for grabs. An idea you've had, I promise you won't steal it because it'll be on record. So if we ever stole it, you can sue us. But uh, any, any general can ideas, anything. I'm on Cinnabite. Cinnabite. Oh, uh, Hellraiser. Yeah, Hellraiser. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Uh, any more? Any more? Any more? Two more. Two more. I want two, two more. more. Either that, or I'm just gonna put a giant spider. Okay. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Everybody's good? Alright, so uh, it has to end with a giant spider. Okay, because I'm sorry, nobody else added anything. It's starting with a giant spider, so you have to do it. No, 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 it's not a giant spider. You have, no, you're going to have to put a giant spider. This, okay. This thing. I don't care. Yep. And Gene put one more. Make it hard for Diego. Make it hard. Please don't. We've had some hard suggestions. Um, I'm not going to say I'm Sandler. Thank you. But uh, needs to be killed with uh, like a stick of dynamite. That's the that's the end of the movie. Is, is okay. the monster gets killed with the stick of Yeah, we're doing one, two, three, right? Yeah, one, two, okay. three. I'll do the middle. Okay, so I got this bitch. All right. So we open up. Arnold Schwarzenegger comes down in the helicopter. <laughs> he's freaking out, traumatized by his experience with the predator, <laughs> and he he's being forced to be debriefed in this CIA facility. And in this facility, we see a bunch of different objects. We see. Uh, this weird cube shape. We see this weird like blob in the corner, this half fly, half man thing. And uh, he's walking down this, this alleyway with this, this admiral, and he's like, hey man, like, we're, we're uncovering a whole lot of stuff on Earth recently, and we don't know, there's a serial killer in Illinois that just escaped. Uh, some dude's hunting people by this lake, and he's, um, we're assembling a, a team to go and take down these things. And so there's uh, a scientist that's also there. He's exp explaining further uh, Basically, plot expedition to Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's saying, like, yeah, this one, this is the worst one known. It's that cube again. Like, what this thing is like, it's just, just a box. It looks like a, a little toy I had when I was a kid. And uh, he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, if this gets out, like, Earth is done. Earth is gone. And uh, right at that time, spaceship crests right above Area 51, which we are at now. And that was totally meant to be put earlier in this uh, brand lane. Right. And there's a giant spider that's Deboard spacecraft. Damn, starts attacking everything. Well, you can take him out. 
right. So the giant spider comes out and is now attacking this uh, area 51. Uh, while this is all going on, they're trying to figure out how exactly this cube uh, can work and work to their benefit. And maybe they can turn it into a weapon of some form, turn it into something that can kill this giant spider and maybe even kill predators down the line. They're doing radiation, they're doing different stuff. These giant spiders just wrecking through uh, area 51 and as the spider is coming through, it gets also hit by the, radi by the radioactive, mixing the two together. As the box opens up and Hellraiser comes out, the two form to become this weird Hellraiser-esque Spider-Razor! Spider hey, look at that! Somebody can... Hey, look at that guy! It's like all the Mississippi made movies once. Um, what was it? And then Arnold Schwarzenegger is horrified, thinking, oh man, how am I going to deal with this now? And as he goes down, he goes downstairs and they take the predator suit that they had found from, uh, the, from the jungle and, then he, and they've actually made it so that we can go on to him. And Gene, I would like to see how this happens. Okay, so he uses up all the weapons on the spider razor. So everyone is just getting decimated. The whole area 51 is just, they don't have anything really. Um, Arnold goes toe to toe with the spider razor. Also, I want him to be, it's, in my mind, it's craning Arnold, so he's a grizzled veteran. So he's just getting effed up. And it, uh, okay. and he's a chasing with the spider. He only has a few weapons left. He goes to the army, stick a dynamite, throws it, has a match. He's only down to like one match in his like matchbook or something, something tense, and throws a stick of dynamite, throws it down his mouth. And wait, wait, says, which, is, which is line? What's the action line? It's the action line. Gotta have an action line. I'm not gonna buy this movie unless I got a good action line. It's like, uh, okay. You're one beautiful motherfucker. Use it in the right way. That's a <laughs> And then the movie ends, credits roll. Do we have a... All right. No tease. No tease for sequel. No tease for a sequel. No after credits right now. Okay. The third I'm sorry about that disaster, but we have fun here. And I hope you guys had fun too, because I think we're about to wrap up. We hit the five-minute mark? Yeah, we hit the five-minute mark. Where can we find you? Yeah, find us on Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Twitter at The Waffle Press. Keep... Keep up with us on there. Yeah. Uh, personal Twitter accounts at D-E-W-G-O Waffles. You can find it through the Waffle Press as well as the rest of ours. Um, but keep up with us. We're doing the Halloween retrospective. We're releasing Halloween 3 on Halloween. So a lot of fun there. Um, yeah. We're always talking about old movies. Uh, we have a lot of cool guests. So yeah, uh, go on the YouTube. Find, find something that you like. If you, even if you find something you don't like, who knows? Maybe you might like it. Uh, but yeah, check us out. Um, which are, we are where Waffle can, Press. Yeah, where can people find you there? Uh, you can find me on. Oh my god, that was really loud yeah. than I thought. Um, was it? You can find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, the Nick Valero. Um, yeah, we're usually on the Waffle Press. I'm trying to do as much more, a lot more video game stuff. So hopefully, Diego will stop fighting me on it, and we can do it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, Gene. Yeah, uh, Gene nine eight nine two Twitter and Instagram. Um, I just want to say thank you all for coming. You've been a really great audience. Yeah, thank and, you very uh, much. It was a fun time. It's our first panel. We've been professionally unprofessional. That's our. Uh, could I get, just get a picture with everyone? We're gonna do it like in reverse, so, like a selfie. Can we get like huddle up in the, the alleyway really quick? You guys. All right. That would be easy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You have one run tonight. I have one run.